everybody, this is Tyson. And Logan. And you're listening to Dad Bods and Beards Podcast, the show that gives you a fresh and real look into being a father, husband, and sexy as all be. For people who want to have a good time, laugh, and be uplifted, thank you for subscribing and listening. Now for the show. Today's sponsor is Chicago Combs. Chicago Combs make uh, makers of professional grade hand finished carbon fiber hair and beard combs all made in the USA. Anti-static, heat resistant, durable, incredibly smooth. Combs and beard picks for every hair, beard type, from styling and lining up the beard hair to detangling and tangling of epic beards. You deserve the best. You deserve a Chicago comb. Comb on and love your comb. Now, for me personally, I use the Chicago comb number two. It goes with me everywhere I go. The reason why I like it is because when I'm done with lunch, I can get the combs out if I had like a sandwich or something. Also though, it fits in my pocket. It's anti-static. It doesn't make any type of snarl it doesn't pull my hair and i use it everywhere it's my favorite thing to use see it's funny as my favorite is actually the largest which is the chicago cone number eight uh-huh. and i actually carry this one in my truck every day because <clears throat> i get really dirty at work i work in excavation get a lot of dust get a lot of i mean debris and this helps me actually comb it out and pick it out pretty well and when i do like to straighten my beard i'll take it inside the house and actually use it as i'm straightening my beard to kind of pull it out so i can get the heat and get the pull but i love it because it doesn't snag and i have really thick beard hair so just the anti-static the carbon fiber it pulls through really smooth and it's been my favorite pretty much ever since you gave it to me absolutely and chicago combs is like the only thing that i use the only thing that we sell so again you deserve the best you deserve chicago comb comb on and love your beard that was 100% no BS either. Like, yeah. I love this comb. No, and, and everyone can attest, I take this everywhere yeah. I go. And uh, we're, today we're going to be talking about a little bit about being a father, uh, being a good father, uh, what it means to us, and maybe, you know, some things that we need to work on. And hopefully what we're talking about today will help everyone around. Um, specifically, I know I need help, certain certain things. We all do. We can all grow and learn. Yeah. And so uh, that's kind of what we want to talk about today. Yeah, I think it kind of hits close to home no matter whether you're feeling good about your dad's skills at the moment or if you're feeling like you need work. I mean, I think any father that doesn't think he needs any additional improvement is probably missing the mark. Yeah, it's just like we always can always do better. Like, whether it be time, whether it be the time that, you know, I always like to tell everyone I don't like giving my children or my wife um, the scraps. Meaning I go to work and I go and, and then I have to deal with Copper John's and all that kind of stuff. And so sometimes I worry that my kids and my wife get the leftovers. And so, yeah. so I really worry about that. So I actually, when I'm home, I focus on being with them and, and making sure I give them quality time. So what challenges do you think you face as a father? Or, or just the listeners or just all around, what challenges do you think you have? For me, I'd say my major one is, I mean, it's cliche, but it's patience. Like, I think patience and like a big one my wife and I talk about is, I mean, we've been married for 10 years next week. We argue. Everybody argues. Oh, yeah. That's part of life. Unfortunately, unfortunately my wife is much better at being aware that the kids are present when we're arguing. I am not, because I get hyper-focused on the issue that I'm trying to resolve in a very unhealthy way by yelling about it. 
and my oldest is seven or almost seven, and then my youngest is five, they're totally absorbing that. So that's like a big thing that I really need to work on is like patience and just reading the room and realizing like how much kids just soak up, mm-hmm. you know, cause I've seen my kids have a short fuse or like repeat something that I said out of frustration. And then you just feel two inches tall. Cause you're like, that is literally the definition of setting a bad example. Well, I remember, uh, so we're at a family party on a Sunday. We're having dinner and all that kind of stuff. And I just got done playing Call of Duty because I used to play video games quite a bit when my kids were younger. All the time. Dude, I can't. I suck so bad at video games. <laughs> Mario Kart, I'll trash you, but that's about it. I could have played now. But I remember all of a sudden Isaac was pretending he was shooting my, uh, my brother. And he's like, I'm going to kill you dead. And, and, and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, holy crap. How old was Isaac? Ah, uh, four. And, you know, he's 18 now. He's all, Actually, he'll be 19 in a couple of weeks. That's crazy. But uh, I just, from then on, I, I made sure I was aware of what I was saying. And sometimes we'll be in a grocery store <laughs> and they'll, they'll just say something to someone. And I'm like, oh, buddy, we don't say that. Yeah. And then literally three minutes later, I'm saying the same thing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I'm I mean, such a dork. I told you earlier today, I drive so dang much for work. Yeah. Like, I mean, I used to drive... I used to be a trucker. So I used to drive all the time. Now I help run an excavation company and my role is is like daily operations and logistics. So I move a lot of smaller machines with a flatbed trailer on my pickup truck. I drove over 7,000 miles in a month and a half. Mm-hmm. Like I drive a lot. So are you doing what Overtop does, you know, with Sylvester Sloan and just working out your arms yeah. all day, every yeah. day? <laughs> <laughs> I, like, yeah. well, I, should, I, I could be way more productive while I'm driving. I'm just sitting there, like, sometimes just writing in silence. <laughs> you, you, you cut, next time I see you, your right shoulder and your bicep and arm is, like, massive. <laughs> but kind of back to what we were saying, though, is, like, I, I spend so much time on the road, like, so I see all of it. Like all the bad habits, all the good habits or whatever. And I spend so much time pulling a trailer, heavy loads. So I have very short patience for dumb drivers. And we live in Utah. Statistically speaking, they are not the, some of the greatest drivers here. Right? I don't know what you're talking about. They're you amazing. <laughs> so I will still keep that same mentality when I'm driving in the car with my kids. Mm-hmm. And I will say things like, you know, you're like freaking idiot or stupid or whatever, like, Obviously, sometimes a little more colorful than that. But then when I'll be driving with the family in the truck and I'll get the comment from my wife, which she's 100% correct, that like, you can't say that because then you wonder where our kids are getting certain words from or certain phrases. Mm-hmm. It's because I lack maybe the maturity right now because I'm still a younger dad, like to understand that my kids are watching everything. Oh, everything. Yeah. And they'll they'll pick it up. And so uh, that's one thing that I stress about too. And then... What about, um, so some of the things that in the notes that I have that I really wanted to talk about was more or less like for me, um, I'm always, I grew up with a, you know, my dad working for, um, a church and teaching and all that kind of stuff where we didn't get a lot. Um, not that we were bat poor or anything like that. It's just, we didn't have a lot. We didn't get to do a lot. I remember I left home. And all of a sudden, they're going on a cruise. They're going to Disneyland. They're going to all these places. And I'm like, I never got to do any of that. You know what I mean? And so so now I know that I, I really want, like, the reason why I started the company is I want to be able to do that with my family and do that with my grandkids. And 
and be able to be self-sustaining so that I'm like, hey, guys, you know, today, let's let's go hang out at the lake, you know, that type of thing, and be able to have four-wheelers and stuff, just things that I think would have been so much fun when I was their age, and they're still fun my age, but do you ever stress about, you know, um, earnings that, that really never equal to what you want to do with your family? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a part of the generation where, like, I'm a millennial, so right now it's like you, like, the money that I make today had I made this money five years ago or like if my dad made you know as far as like inflation is concerned over the years if my dad made the money that I make in comparison at the same age as my kids are that me and my siblings were like it'd been so well off but with the economy and like the housing market and all that stuff it's like even making the money that I make and the time that I put in at work and all that stuff like it's still like sometimes it's just not enough so I feel bad because it's like I'm I, I wonder how do people make it that make under a certain amount per year Mm -hmm. that have more kids than me or they have more financial responsibilities? Because I feel like we're scraping pennies together sometimes. And so I I sometimes have this dad guilt of like, I'm not taking my kids to do, you know, we're not going and doing this. We're not spending money on this. We're not, I mean, granted, my kids do a lot. I mean, they're in soccer, they're in gymnastics, they're in. So, but it's like, I don't take my kids to, Disneyland a couple times a year or take these big family vacations. I mean, we do, we did go to Disneyland last year, but it's like, that was like the vacation and half of it was taken care of by my father-in-law. Cause that's part of a gift that he does every year. That's cool. But that's why I feel, yeah, I feel bad sometimes that it's like, I'm not, I'm working all the time yeah. to, to provide for my family. And I think the important thing to remember is that like, like our kids don't think the way that we do. Like they're not thinking they're missing out when they're so little. I can't speak for teenagers because I mean you have teenagers and basically adult children. Well, they're just upset all the time, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, how what's that like for like for a guy like me who has a seven-year-old daughter and a five-year-old son? Like, what is it like transitioning from like kids to like? watching them become teenagers and then young adults and like letting them go um or like letting them fall letting them grow up because i remember you know and and i'm sure you remember when you were younger in high school you started wanting to spend more time with your friends and all that and so i think when you're with your children right now and especially i saw some younger ones where we focus on values we focus on being a good person and what it means to them and giving them their core and then hopefully as a transition in high school because your goal as a successful parent is them to be leaving the house and being able to be a successful person whether it be jobs uh marriage um fatherhood motherhood anything like that that's your goal is that they are good at that and they're good people so your goal is just at the very beginning is always just to teach them through example through through um repercussions i I know a lot of people just want to be their friends but you can't be all the time you have to you have to tick them off sometimes say hey buddy you did this this was not very smart you got to take some away from them but then you know as they grow up and all this kind of stuff i've noticed that they do push away um they are irritable a lot like they (laughs) don't want to talk to you um but that's the point of being a parent it's like nope you don't have a choice 
It's like, we allowed you to do this. Now you got to tell us what's going on. You know, you're, where are you going? Who you're doing it with? Because you're, it's your job still to protect that, them. It terrifies me because it's like, I, my kids can't grow up the same way that I did. Even yeah. that you did. Like, I feel like... No, we didn't have phones. We didn't, I mean, we didn't have any of this stuff to keep us accountable well, to what it's like, we did. I think we were naive to like certain ways that like the dangers in society, right? But they've gotten worse, uh-huh. right? Like we're... <clears throat> you grew up in the 80s. I grew up in the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. So... I remember literally just, I mean, five years old, taking off on my bike with my older brother, just being gone all day, all night long. My mom had no idea where we were. I mean, she probably had an idea because they're moms. They always know where you are. But I can't, like, I, I feel kind of pathetic because I'm kind of a helicopter dad. And we, where we live, we have a park right across the street from our house. And unfortunately, even though it's residential, like, the street right in front of our house is kind of a a main strip through the neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. So people are always freaking blowing by. And our kids were trying to teach them like, oh yeah, you know, cross the street, whatever, look both ways. And letting them just be across the street at the park, even though I can see them from the driveway or the garage or I'm working on my truck or whatever. Like there's this anxiety that I'm fighting because we've all heard the horror stories of like, even here in Utah, Mm -hmm. kids getting picked up. And like, it takes a minute, not even a minute. It takes seconds sometimes. And there, there's a big concrete circle in the park that they ride their scooters and their bikes around. And have, and two chunks of that is sidewalk next to, next to streets. Mm-hmm. So it's like the kids all over the neighborhood. So I'm like trying to like, it's this inner battle of kind of like letting my kids be kids, letting them have freedom, letting them get out and ride his bike by himself and be, you know, a hundred yards away from dad or mom or whatever. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, that's too far for me to be able to do anything. Like if something or someone came up, that's too far. I can't get there in time. So it's like this battle I fight all the time of like, I don't want my kids ever. I don't want anybody's kids ever have to. I can't imagine as a parent dealing with like a kid, like a kid being lost or kidnapped or abducted or whatever. So that's, that terrifies me. Like I, I feel bad that my kids aren't going to grow up like, (laughs) playing on the train tracks (laughs) like i used to throw rocks at trains i was five years old they'd go by you that sound that makes like like ricochets off you like throw it and you're like ducking (laughs) but if my kid was doing that now i'd be over there elliot what are you like grabbing him pulling him away like you can't you're gonna get i mean you can't even get close to trains anymore everything's fenced off but so i don't know i don't know how you i mean i used to literally um in idaho where i grew up there, I remember, I can't remember, uh, there was the Kilp, um, Messix. Okay. Me- uh, it has nothing to do with it. It's just, that's, literally, they had a huge house. Or not a huge, a huge tree. And it was probably like 30, 40 feet in the air. And no one would do it except me. But I would go climb up on it and just drop on their trampoline. And, oh, yeah. and, and now, today, if I saw any of my kids do that, I would freak. I'm like, what are you doing? And in me, I'm like, oh, yeah, I could do it. That's fine. <laughs> well, it's, it's, so, it's so funny. Like, my brother, he has, he has a nine-year-old boy and then his younger son, who's five or six, and then his little girl, mm-hmm. and she's, I think, three. Um, he is letting, he's raising his kids almost the same way we were raised. Like, those kids are... They're gone all the time. Like they're, I mean, I wish I could like, I wish I could like get myself to that level. But at the same time, I'm gonna like, 
One of those kids that can come back and his arm is just going to be <laughs> swinging in the wrong direction. Not that I judge him, like I just feel like I wish I could do that. So why do you think it's stopping you? Is it because the things that we've seen on social media? Like, for instance, we'll have, be on a Facebook. There's a Facebook chat for our neighborhood. Not for our neighborhood, but for our area. And I'll say, hey, watch out for this car, this car. This person was staring us down and, yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And then you were like, oh, they're breaking in cars today. Do you think is that's the reason why or is it because of the news? What is making us as parents a little bit more scared to let our kids be? I think it all comes down to like personality. Like I am not a naturally trusting person. Like wow. I, don't, I don't say that very much to people. But like I just I, – I, I'm very skeptical of people right off the bat. Like, I will come across very nice and pleasant and be honest. I'm not being fake with anybody. But I feel like within a really short amount of time, I can tell if somebody's, like, a, like a real, like they're being real or they're kind of a good person or not. And, and then I don't associate myself with them. But at the same time, I feel like that leads me to believe that, like, everyone in here, like, that there's, I, I just, like, I think I'm skeptical, almost like anxiety. Like, I've had stuff that's happened in my life in the past that has, like, I just have assumed, I assume the worst too much. Like I try to be a positive guy, but I assume the worst too much. And I think that I would just never forgive myself and worry. I would, I would just worry myself sick. Like this, I don't say this lightly, but if someone said this to me, I, I, or not, someone said, they, they said this to me to read this article and, and this dad said his daughter was abducted and he said that I'd rather know that she is dead than not know where she is. Because eventually she came back, or they, they, they found her or whatever, but it's like that hit me right in my debt, like my heart mm -hmm. as a dad, like I agree with that. Like I would- Well, because have, you know, you hear about the sex trade and all that and yeah, you'd rather- Like it literally like wells up inside me. So I, I can't really pinpoint why I'm so worried about it, but it's like, I just don't, I don't know. But it's like, am I restricting my kids from living a good, you know, like having a fun life by, by being protective. So get this, so crazy, crazy. I, um, my daughter, you know, she's, she suffers from anxiety and depression and all this, but more extreme, but we won't get into it here. But so we're at a therapy session and all this kind of stuff. And her friend who came here is from uh, Spain. Sure. Best friend was from Spain. And she's like, dad, so all I have to do is pay for the flight and oh. they will let me go. And I'm like, are you kidding me? There's no chance. And so we talked to the therapist and she's like, she knows how to take care of herself. And I'm like, that's not the problem. The problem is, is when you have a dude that's my size, just, she can just be taken. And, and uh, I'm like, it has nothing to do with me not trusting her. It's everyone else I don't trust. 100%, I couldn't have said that better. But get this, we let her go. You knew this, right? We took oh, what? Yeah, we let her go. She was a month by herself with her friend and her, her parents, but she flew to Spain by herself. She flew back by herself. I'm trying to debate if I tell you all the things that happened. There was two things that were really bad. Well, keep in mind, you're not telling just me. I don't, no, no. So I'm not going to tell you what happened, but let's just needless to say her privacy was invaded by a gentleman that wasn't a part of the family um, when they were at a public area. Um, not very, it was, and she handled it well, sure. um, but on her way back, and I will say this because on her way back home, so you fly from Spain to Atlanta and in Atlanta, she gets off and the luggage, because it's going through Atlanta, uh, it has to get taken off. She has to go pick up the luggage and then, uh, get, get it to the next plane, like, because it's international, they have to do everything. 
So she gets all that taken care of on her way back to the uh, getting her luggage. The two gentlemen came and said, we lost our car. I don't know what to do. Can you help us find it? And uh, she's like, lost her car? Lost. They wanted her to go find their car for her, oh for gosh. them. And uh, anyway, she was, uh, I was very, I'm like, no, Lydia, this, 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 and this is going to happen if, you know, like if this, and I told her this scenario, like, what is going to happen if people come to you at the airport and want you to follow them? I'm like, well, of course not, Dad. But I'm like, Lydia, what are you going to do? And so what ended up happening is she just started screaming and security came and those guys ran. Good for her. Yeah, yeah and the sh so it's like not like me. Like I, I trusted her, but it's that. It but now that, like but now that I know she knows how to handle herself, I'm going to be more willing to let her do more experiences See, like that. But that was hard for me. That was really hard. For me. I mean, it's hard for me. She's not even my kid. Like it was a month away from us in a foreign country. Because, like, that's a prime example of like I'm saying. Like it literally happens to people. We, I mean, as humans, you always think insert scenario here oh that will never happen to me and the one that i didn't explain was nasty okay. and the guy was never caught or anything like that but it was nasty butt and i was shocked so i think there's a point where we have to let our children be and let them grow um and not be so protect protective even if we need to yeah. um and it's hard and i think that's part of growth as being a parent as well yeah and and see, like, my wife and I, we've set some hard, fast rules just, just growing up. But as you should. Yeah. So, like, we, we are a part of the bunch, and I'm sure there will be some people that disagree with us, but, like, there will be absolutely no sleepovers whatsoever with friends' houses. I mean, even, I mean, maybe cousins and stuff like that. I mean, because that's different. That's family. But, I mean, at the same time, we've all heard the story of somebody's uncle or even an aunt or whatever. Like, stuff happens. And so... Like, that's just the scary world that we live in. And I think that it's just, it just terrifies me of like, what is the world going to be like? Because I mean, I know our parents and our grandparents are like, probably like appalled <laughs> by the world that we live in. But it's like it progressively, well, some things progress positively. I think at the same time, society also degrades. Oh, and like, I mean, look at the stuff that's on the freaking internet. I mean, I personally don't have a Reddit account because... <laughs> Like Reddit has so much of these amazing things, but it's also insanely unfiltered. Mm -hmm. And so it just like, you can, it just, it scares me for my, my perfect little girl and my happy little boy of like, but at the same time, they're, they're stronger than I am. Like they're going to be, they're going to have to. But it is your job to not necessarily shelter them, but you need to shelter them as, as long as you can, but know that they are going to see, they are going to hear, um, and they are going to experience certain situations that we don't want them to. So like I said, I feel like we just need to teach them their experiences or teach them how to handle those certain things. So like, I love the D.A.R.E. program, not because it's amazing, but because they have a solution before it even happens. So say no to drugs, you go through all the scenarios, no, no, no. Now we do that with our kids, like my daughter, no touching the red zones. So what do you, what's gonna happen if there's a guy or, or a girl who wants to touch you there? Like, what are you gonna do? And so we go through all these situations so that, hey, if this does happen, you know how to take care of yourself. So speaking of that, you've heard, you've heard the whole stranger danger, right? Yeah. But have you heard kind of the new take on it? Uh-uh. So for the longest time, that's what I grew up with, stranger danger, right, yada, yada, yada. But like, statistically speaking, majority of the time, people who are abusing children are not strangers. They know them. The kids oh, know 100%. Them. They're comfortable with them. All of that stuff, right? So, oh, look, it's Casey. 
Yeah. <laughs> but so it's, it's, they're, they're, they're comfortable with them. Like they, they know, they know them, they're, they're friends, they're uncles, they're whatever, but they are now teaching just the same thing, like the no, no touching zones and like, like warning signs and red flags to teach your kids to look for of kind of like, we don't do secrets mm-hmm. in our house. Like that might be new age. Some people might be like, oh, that's, you know, whatever. But it's like, we don't, we don't do secrets because that's a grooming technique. I'm like, oh, don't tell mom and dad, this is a secret just between you and us. And it happens. And unfortunately I know people that that have had, that has happened too. And so you teach these kids in a more simple way what grooming techniques look like without telling them what essentially what it leads to. But you teach them at a young age, like, don't be afraid of strangers because it's like policemen are strangers technically. Like firefighters are strangers. Like even sometimes a stranger might be someone who might save you from a situation. I mean, you need to teach your kids like how to, I guess, how to determine if somebody's a good person or not. But I said, I just, it gives me like anxiety the more I think about it. I'm just, I don't know yeah. how my parents had freaking seven kids. I got two and I can't. I have six. Yeah. And uh, I wouldn't I, trade them for the world, but there are times where you just, you uh, struggle with the decisions that they're making, but then I have to remember that it's their decisions. Yeah. And uh, we love them no matter what unconditionally, but we do set ground rules. And if they break those rules, there are consequences. And I think that's the best way we can, because when they're out on their own, but with their own lives, hey, you're going to get fired if you do something like this. Yeah. So we got to teach you that, hey, you don't do this. Even if you want to do this, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, you, you said you're going to be there at this time and that type of thing, so. That's a whole, yeah, that's probably a whole other conversation is just, like, teaching kids to be, like, responsible, <laughs> good-hearted adults one day. <laughs> but uh, there was, uh, right at the very beginning of this conversation, you talked about, um, and you and I both talked about how we feel almost guilty. We're not giving our kids what they want or what they need. Not necessarily not what they need, but what we want them to have. And I was talking to my dad one time about this situation and, and he came to me and said, I, I said, dad, I just like, I'm 30. I thought I would have a nice house that I'd be making six figures. I thought I'd be doing all this stuff and I'm not. And I feel like a failure and all this kind of stuff. And cause I was really down. Like, I, like I went through like a little midlife crisis or something. And uh, he's like, well, you have, you have a good home. You have a good job. Your kids are healthy. Everyone's happy. Why are you down? And I just remember him like, because I, in my whole entire life, I had this plan and it's not going to where it was. Yeah. And he's like, don't worry about your plan. Look at now. And so I've really tried really hard to start taking in the moment and being happy in the moment, even though sometimes it's very difficult because sometimes there's trials um, and things going on in one's life and family and stuff like that, that you just like, oh, why? But uh, I know when we find gratitude and what we're going through in our lives, it does help your outlook and realize that life's good. Our kids are good and uh, we're doing the best we can. And I think that's, that's kind of like the end of this podcast is I think you as a parent doing the best you can with what you have is and giving them time quality time is the most important yeah i see one thing i was thinking about when you were talking about that is that my my children are so innocent i mean everyone i mean they always are right um but even after i would have like even if i've gotten upset with them about something or whatever 
they will still turn around, you know, the next day or even an hour later or whatever. And it's like the instant for like forgiving nature that children just naturally have. Mm -hmm. Like I, it makes me sad. It makes me like look, look inward at myself that much more when it's like, I was just yelling at you 20 minutes ago, telling you to calm down, quit crying or whatever, being this totally insensitive jerk because of whatever I was dealing with earlier in the day. And now you're bringing me a picture that you colored and you're telling me, oh, I drew your beard, dad. And he's, and then I say something and he's like, you're the funniest dad. And I'm like, man, like I don't deserve this sometimes. But then I, I have to remind myself too, like I need to not beat up on myself so bad because I don't say this lightly. Like I know I'm a good father in some aspects and I know there's a lot of places that I can improve. But at the end of the day, there is not a, damn thing that I wouldn't do for my kids mm -hmm. or my wife. If that means, if that means I got to work 25 hours a day and I never get to be home, but X amount of time, like there's a lot of guys in this, in this, not just this country in the world to do that. And I, I respect that. But at the same time, it's like, I just wonder what are my kids missing out on by me not being around as much. Mm -hmm. So it's just this constant battle of like, I'm doing good. I'm not doing good enough. Like I'm, you know, I'm here too much or I'm not here enough. And like, if I'm, so, so I don't know how you have six kids. No, you know, the one thing that I've started implementing in my family ritual bedtime is this bedtime. Um, we'll go and I'll tuck him in and obviously my teenagers, that's weird, but uh, <laughs> I'll go in and talk to him and have conversations with him. Yeah. <laughs> You're so big. Um, no, but I'll go talk to everyone and just basically say, hey, I love you. I appreciate you. What's one thing that I could have done better for you as a dad? And, and they'll usually say, oh, nothing, dad. You're great. But sometimes every now and then there'll be something like, oh, okay. Like, oh, I wish you would have helped me with your homework. And I'm like, I wish I would have helped you through. I didn't know you needed it. You need to lay off the farts. Yeah. <laughs> But, but I've noticed that, the, and then all of a sudden, they'll, sometimes they'll say, like Emmett, my little one, he'll be like, Dad, what can I do? Oh, and, and so it's, it's just trying to create that open communication so that we're always, because we're not perfect, like you just said, but we're doing the best we can, but maybe we're not seeing something that, we, that our kids need. And yeah. so I'm giving them the opportunity to tell us. What's funny is that you say that, is that I realize there's this simple thing that my daughter asks for, and sometimes I have blown it off. And I realize how important it is to her is she's, like I said, she's seven and she likes to be put to bed mm -hmm. still. She's totally old enough to walk her butt in her bedroom, climb up her little ladder because they have these little loft beds. Uh -huh. And it's funny. She's just like my wife. She likes her. She likes it all to be like put together and organized or whatever. And versus my son's like sleeping with his butt in the air and like one foot over the edge and like, but she likes me to put her to bed or she likes my wife to put her to bed. And if one of us just say, no, you know, her, her name's Olivia. We call her Livy. Uh -huh. We just say like, no, Livy, we'll put yourself to bed. You're a big girl. Or like, I'm doing something for work late on the computer. Or my wife is doing something. My wife's going to school online. Like there's just a million things at the end of the yeah. night sometimes. But the times where I have slowed down, she like loves, we got this routine where she will jump on my back and I will walk her up the stairs piggyback. And because she has a loft bed, I'll like bend over and then she like climbs off my back and like jumps into her bed, like a little plat, like, a, you know, like she's jumping off me, like kind of like a platform and then she loves it. And it's like, she's happy. She's going to bed, like 
in a happy, good mood. Versus if we tell her like, no, you're a big girl, just put yourself to bed. She's going to bed sad. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's dawned on me too late. But then there's other times where I'm like, no, I know this is important to her. It will take me literally four minutes. Mm -hmm. So I try really hard to remember that. Versus my son, who's I'm just like, go to bed. All right. And he just like runs upstairs. And so before we end, um, I think you nailed it. You, you just nailed it. it. It's basically, it's the little thing. It's not the, it's not us working so hard so we can go to Disneyland. It's not the things that we're buying them, like presents and all that kind of stuff. It's the little things that matter to the kids. Us spending time with them, us putting them to bed, uh, um, us playing with them. Emmett wants to play soccer all the time, so we go out and play soccer. Yeah. I hate soccer, <laughs> but, but it's those little things that matter to them. And so, uh, you know, and, and now I have my brothers who were helping me uh, with Copper Johns. And so I am a lot of more time with my family, which that's great, dude. Yeah. And I'm grateful for them, Cody and Josh. And I mean, Cody was over there today for three hours, basically, um, helping me. And I, I would still be there right now working if he didn't. Well, yeah. I mean, I told you, I've been telling you for months, you need to sleep. <laughs> Yeah, and I got sleep. It's weird. I go to bed before midnight, and I used to not be able to do it. I had to go to bed at 1 or 2 and wake up at 5. But, but yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's, the kids are going to remember like, the little stuff. They're not going to remember. Because I don't remember doing any of the fun stuff. Uh, I just remember wrestling my dad on the grass. I really remember that at my aunt's house. I remember doing all those little things, and yeah, that's the best. That's true. I don't remember seeing a movie, but I remember hanging out with him. So... Sometimes it's the little things. But anyway, appreciate you guys listening. Make sure you subscribe. Give us a good review. And uh, please uh, hit us up at info at copperjohnsbeard.com if you have any questions or anything that you would like us to discuss on this podcast. Have a great day, guys. Thanks, guys.